The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. How about them apples? We are ready for you to uh, make that phone call and make yourself smarter. How about that? Big shock. We're going to talk employment law for the next half hour, but it is a topic you need to be well steeped in because we all have jobs and we all deal with a boss or an employer, which sometimes goes a little bit south, especially when it comes to the point of being let go and if there's severance involved or if you're coming back to work after a layoff or a medical problem, it could be a could be a problem. So feel free to give us a call with all of your uh, your questions and queries and complaints. Your Sanfiru, of course, employment lawyer, Sanfiru to Mark and LLP is ready to uh, take those calls. And um, we're going to get into no, your employer is not allowed to. That's coming up in just a bit. But if you want to reach Leo anytime after the show and his team, easy, right? 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. What do you got for us uh, to kick it off, Leo? Uh, I'm talking employment law, John. That's what no. I'm here to do. What <laughs> shockingly, I, I know. <laughs> you know, you you and I have joked many times that one of these days we're going to get on the air and talk about something completely different, and everyone's going to be confused. Uh, although today, right. today's not the day, John. We'll stick right. to employment law today. <laughs> so I I want to, of course, as always, solve as many problems as possible. I want us to get a good conversation going here about workplace rights, and the conversation mm-hmm. starts with your questions. If you guys out there listening, want to know something about your rights. If you're having a workplace problem, an ultimatum, maybe there's a new policy in place and you want to know if it's legal. Whatever the issue is, you have a phone, pick it up, call us right now. You can get on the air and I'll answer your question. I'll tell you what you need to know. Questions are uh, a lot, a lot of their uh, questions. There's so many questions out there and to get answers is not complicated. You can call us right now and do it. And of course, if you want us to help you beyond just this show, beyond just answering your questions, if you want myself and my team to roll up our sleeves, get to work and actually solve the problem that you're dealing with, we'll give you my contact information at the office throughout the show so you can uh, make that phone call or send that email so we can get started doing that. But right now we're live, so take advantage, call with those mm-hmm. questions. And John, let me start off with the situation that I dealt with today. Now, John, I've said many times on this show that it is very difficult to terminate employment for cause. And I've said beyond that, that even if you've done something wrong, that doesn't mean your employment can be terminated for cause. Well, the the matter I dealt with today, I think puts that into perspective and, and makes it clear how true that is. So I spoke with a gentleman today who, uh, was let go for cause. Now, what happened uh, here is that he and his a uh, few of his colleagues, three of his colleagues, created a, a chat group, uh, or, or I should say a, a, a text message group on, on an app called WhatsApp. So the four of them were in that uh, text message group, and they would you know text each other, etc. Now, this was on a company phone. They each had a company phone, and they used to you know text each other, you know, just personal things. But also, for some reason, they decided that it was a good idea to start exchanging some pornography. Oh, uh, boy. In this, uh, yeah, oh, my God is right, uh, on, on this little group that they had. And they did that, again, a company phone. So they did that for a while. Eventually, company finds out about it. And they say, no, we have a policy, not allowed to do that, specifically says can't uh, do porn or, or, or use porn on company uh, phones. Makes sense to me, by the way. And... 
they're let go for cause. And this person calls me. And obviously his question is, is this cause? So let's be very clear. And I told them this in no uncertain terms. What he did was dumb. He should not have done that. Uh, and, you know, why would you ever think to do that on a company phone? Ridiculous. Shouldn't have done that. Should have known better. Yeah. Really, really, really not smart. But the question is, is it cause? And I'm of the view that absolutely it's not cause. And here's why. Because it would only be cause if what he did is so bad that it's now impossible to employ him, where the employment relationship is deteriorated so much that it's just not possible to rehabilitate. Well, in this situation, why would that be? There's no reason to think that if they tell him, don't do this again or else, that he won't listen. That there's no reason to think that this would be something that he would continue doing despite the warnings. No, he breached a policy. And the fact that, you know, the employer may find the pornography offensive does not mean really that uh, it's cause. It's not. So this is an important situation where, yes, what he did was wrong. And his employer was absolutely right to be upset and even right to discipline him, but not right to jump straight to the ultimate punishment, which is a termination for cause. So despite the fact that this person and his colleagues did something very wrong, this is a wrongful dismissal, and he's going to be owed severance. So a very important reminder there for our listeners. First of all, don't do things like that, ever, ever, ever. But just because you did something wrong, you breached the policy, you acted in a way that it wasn't appropriate in the workplace, that in and of itself does not mean that there's cause to let you go. And if your employer still wants you to go, they have to pay you your full severance. And John, if, if this case doesn't you know, uh, convince you of that or doesn't give you a good sense as to how difficult cause is to establish, then I think nothing will. You know, it's interesting. Well, had they not jumped the gun and fired him for cause, now it's going to be a problem for the employer. Would they say this guy just said, ah, whatever, I'm going to keep doing it. Could they eventually give enough warnings where it would rise, as you say, to the level of cause where they could let him go without severance if he kept up the behavior? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. So if they said, well, we realize you're doing this unacceptable breach of policy. If we catch you doing this again, there's going to be significant consequences. And he does it again. Honestly, I would say even at that point, the company probably has the ability to terminate for cause. Right. But to say, yeah, we caught you. That's it. You're gone. Cause? No. That is premature because there's no reason to think that they can't prevent that from happening, that this guy is not going to get the message. And that's why, John, it's not cause. I want to get to one of our uh, talking points here before we go to a break. No, your employer is not allowed to. How about this one? Avoid paying you severance by putting you on an unpaid leave. Nice try. Nice try. And a lot of individuals found themselves over the past year or so being put on a leave, many of them because of their vaccine status. Now, this has yeah, right. nothing to do with what we think of vaccines. This simply has to do with the employer's ability to put you off on a leave. And no, generally speaking, an employer cannot just put you off on a leave and not pay you. Uh, if they want to put you on a paid leave, that's different. But in an unpaid leave, in most cases, results in a termination. If you're put on an unpaid leave, you can consider that to be a termination, a constructive dismissal, and get severance. So an employer doesn't avoid paying severance by saying, no, no, we didn't let you go. We just put you off work indefinitely without pay. Those are exactly the same thing as a termination. So if you find yourself in that situation, you can obviously accept the situation and wait and hope that you get called back to work. That is absolutely your right. Otherwise, you can treat that as a termination. By the way, today we heard that the TTC in Toronto 
got rid of their uh, vaccine policies, vaccine mandates. So it's it's recalling employees off that they had put off work. Well, those employees could, again, we're talking about non-union employees, of course, mm-hmm. could yep. treat the fact that they were put on a leave as a termination. So they have to make a decision. Do they go back to work, continue working? Or do they say, no, when you put me off work months ago, that was a termination. Now you have to pay me severance and I'm moving somewhere else. So that's an option that those employees have. And by the way, if you want to exercise that option, have a deeper conversation with Lior in that regard, one 821 5900 But that is the road we're going down, the topic for the remainder of the show. But to continue the Thursday night edition of the Employment Law Show, stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Yeah, welcome back. Good to have you along with the uh, with us here. If you want to email the or the team anytime if you have a matter that needs uh, having a having a look at, that is easy. That's help at employmentlawyer.ca and reach Leorda's team, one 821 5900 As we uh, get our calls lined up, back into our topic for the uh, the day is uh, know your employer is not allowed to. How about this one? Oh, we keep talking about this too, but they keep doing it. Change your job, change your job description, hours of work, move your job location. No, no, that's not happening. And I think a lot of employers are going to be surprised by that because, well, I'm the boss. It's my workplace. I can, of course, decide where you work, how you work, and, you know, all these other things. Well, no, you actually cannot. Now, an employer has some ability, some discretion to make changes, but generally those are minor changes. So if the employer is going to change the shift instead of 9 to 5 to 8.30 to 4.30, yeah, in most cases that's pretty okay, that there's nothing wrong with that. But if the employer says, instead of that, I'm going to have you work uh, noon to 8 p.m., no, that's a significant change, and an employer can't do that. Now, when I say can't, I should clarify. There's no way to physically stop and restrain your employer mm-hmm. from making those changes. There's no, you can't go in there and say, well, no, that's it. If you change my shift, I'm calling the police and arresting you for it. You <laughs> can't do that. The way the law operates is that if your employer does this this change, a change that they're not allowed to do, it gives you the option, if you want, to treat that as a termination, as a constructive dismissal. So some people would prefer to do that. Some people would accept the change that the employer has implemented. But the good news is that you have that choice. You have that decision to make because your employer can't just make those changes to the terms of employment. So if you're facing a significant change to pay, change to hours, shifts, a demotion, a relocation, all those things and more can rise to a level of a constructive dismissal. If you're not sure if it does, if you're not sure what to do, then it's a good place to start by giving me a call so we can discuss it. But no, your employer can't just say, I'm the boss, so I'm making the decision. They can't make significant changes. Dominique, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Fine. Thank you, sir. Um like I say, I, I was working in a private school, and uh, uh, I, I, I am thinking to send a letter to the principal, the headmaster, uh, uh, the president of the, uh, the syndicate, and everything, uh, because uh, they, they, they say that um, they dismiss me, okay? Um, mm-hmm. I asked to have the contract. They didn't give me the contract. I still don't have it. It happened in 2011. Uh, uh, so, and ten uh, years ago, eleven years yes. ago. Yes, oh, okay. more, a, a little bit more. 
And then uh, uh, one took place it is that um, they were uh, discriminating, they were harassing me, they even fake contract and court verdict. Okay. So, Dominique, let, 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 me, let me stop you there. I understand the situation. And the problem here is that you would be out of time. There is a two-year limitation period to deal with all those issues. What you're describing could have been a wrongful dismissal, could have been a human rights violation, could have been an employment standards violation. So, you know, the conduct that you're describing is very illegal. The problem now is that we're 10 or 11 years uh, after the fact. There's nothing that can be done because of that two-year limitation period. So I'm sorry to say that, but there's an important lesson, of course, for all our uh, listeners there, that if you are facing a workplace issue, you want to deal with it as soon as possible. Don't don't wait because that limitation period can come and go. So uh, time is not always on your side. Thanks for the call, Dominique. Best of luck in the uh, in the future. And yeah, if something goes down like that, uh, get on it. Uh, call Lior and his team a lot sooner. It's two years, right? Two years your limitation for generally these matters. Yeah, it yeah. is two years from when either you're let go or your employer does the thing that they're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's a two-year limitation period. And it is a strict limitation period. It's not two years in a day. There's not much discretion there. And, and by the way, I, I certainly don't recommend to anyone to wait the two years. If you're let go, if your employer does something, let's deal with it now, not mm-hmm. in six months, not in two years. Uh, there's no reason to wait. Uh, best to deal with it as soon as possible. No, your employer is not allowed to lay you off temporarily. Wow. This one's been huge over the last three years, huh? It's been huge, massive, especially kind of early on in the pandemic where, my gosh, everyone essentially, it seemed like, was put on a temporary layoff. But even apart from the pandemic, it's something that happens fairly often. And I know, I know for a fact that employees and certainly employers assume that that's right. A temporary layoff. It's just a temporary layoff. I'm not letting you go. That must be legal. Wrong. No, your employer cannot put you on a temporary layoff. Or put differently, your employer doesn't have the right to put you on a temporary layoff. And again, just like I was saying before, if they do that anyway, you have the right to look at that and to treat that as a termination of your employment. This is where your employer is going to jump up and say, well, no, 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 you didn't hear me. I'm not terminating employment. I'm just putting the person off work on a temporary layoff for a while. I'm going to call them back in a few months. Don't worry. Nonsense. It doesn't matter. If you're put on a temporary layoff, you can look at that and treat that as a termination despite your employer's intentions. You can treat that as a termination and get your severance. That severance, again, it's not a week per year. It's not two weeks per year. could absolutely be as much as two years pay. So that's what you do in a temporary layoff. Of course, if you find yourself in that situation, reach out to me right away. You bet. And of course, it's always with the caveat, unless you've let them do it before and there's a history, right? Yeah. And that's where you can lose rights that you would otherwise have. Mm-hmm. So I've said, you've just heard me that your employer doesn't have a right to put you on a temporary layoff. But guess what? They can gain that right if you let it happen before. So if you, last year as an example, you let them put you on a temporary layoff. In other words, you came back when they called you. Well, by doing it, you've now given them the right to do it again and again and again. So the second, third, fourth, tenth time they do it, there's nothing you're going to be able to do because you let it happen that very first time. So important. If you don't want to open that door... If you don't want to create that right for the employer to lay you off temporarily, well, don't let it happen the first time. Don't agree to it 
Instead, you can treat that as a termination, leave, get severance, and you don't have to think about it again. Next point is this. No, your employer is not allowed to. Uh, I love this one. Put you on probation after you already passed the probationary period. Yeah, and, and because the reality is it's meaningless to do that. Your employer really can only have you on probation for the first three months if the purpose of probation is to let you go without paying you anything. Uh, mm -hmm. You can only do that in the first three months. And of course, probation is not automatic. You're only on probation if you sign an employment agreement that specifically says that. So bottom line is once you've passed that first three months, if your employer extends that probation, it's meaningless. It doesn't do anything because if they choose to let you go, they'll have to pay you after the first three months. So no, any employer that says, I'm going to extend your probation is actually wasting time, is doing nothing. There's no point of that. Uh, so, But the flip side of that is if you're an employee and your probation was extended, supposedly, don't freak out, you know, because what your employer has done is actually nothing. They haven't done anything. They haven't taken any rights because they've said something that doesn't exist. Uh, so I wouldn't worry about it because it's simply not possible to properly extend your probation that way. We're going to slide over, grab a call. Peter, thanks for uh, standing by. How are you? Yes, hello. Hi, Peter. Go ahead. Yeah, it's um, the reason I'm calling is uh, in regards to a winter job for snow plowing. Mm -hmm. And it's a private company. I was hired back in 2019. And uh, following year, we got COVID and everything, but I never got called back. Is there any, would I be still available for that? Because I signed up for, you know, everything for, they maybe signed up all these uh, forms. And uh, it was more like a seasonal job. Or are they so entitled when you to started see? there, did you only... Uh sign up for that one season in 2019 correct yes so if you but sign I mean, up for the one season then their their obligation is to have you for that season not beyond that now if in fact you were working in 2019 and then in 2020 and then 2021 and then they decided not to call you in 2022 well that would be a termination and you'd be owed severance but if you only work there the one season and you signed something that you're only going to work there that one first season and that's all they did then that's okay uh, they're not doing anything wrong because it's only been one season if it was a few seasons it would be different does that make sense peter yes uh but the question is uh they also do um uh, you know the uh roads they they clean yeah. uh during yeah. the paving i believe it's both uh, snow plowing and paving during the summer and they put me like more like a standby. So I was just wondering if I'm still entitled or it's just season, if it's called seasonal, that's just for that season. So if you, well, it really does depend on what you sign and what you agreed on. If you agree to be on call during the summer, then that's what you are. So where you have entitlements is if every year you're treated in a certain way, and then you stop getting treated that way. You start getting treated differently. Well, that's not allowed. But if there's no history because it's kind of your first time working with this company, then it comes down to what you signed. If you signed that, yes, I'm going to work full time for you in the summer and then they didn't give you full time work, then, of course, they have to pay you and that's not right. But if you simply signed that you're going to be on standby, we're going to call you when we need you and maybe they didn't call you, then that's OK because that's what you agree to. Okay, then. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. No Appreciate that. If you want to reach out any further at a later date, I'll give you that number, one 821 
5,900. Back to uh, the topic for tonight, pal. No, your employer is not allowed to. Um, refuse to pay you overtime, even if you actually work the extra hours. How about that? Yeah, so what I see often employers do is say, well, we didn't ask you to work overtime. We didn't tell you you need to work it. So we're not going to pay you if you worked it. That's your mm-hmm. That's your problem. No, that is the employer's problem. Because if overtime was worked, assuming it was working, it was legitimate, the employer has to pay for it even if they didn't ask the employee to work that overtime. So you were very busy. You had to stay late a few times this week to, to get your job done. Your employer didn't tell you, didn't ask you, but you, you're a good employee. You stayed. You got it done. Well, guess what? Your employer has to pay overtime. And the employer can't hide behind the fact that they didn't ask that. I'm going to take it a step further. Mm-hmm. Even if your employer said to you, don't work overtime. Please do not work overtime. But you did anyway because you needed to get the job done. Even in that situation, your employer has to pay you the overtime. If it's if you work that and if it's legitimate, they have to pay it. So no, an employer can't avoid paying you overtime in that situation. If they do, that's an employment standards violation. You can contact me. You can even contact the Ministry of Labor. But that's how the law works with respect to overtime. This next one's kind of timely this time of year, especially, and that is you know your employer is not allowed to make up a bogus negative performance review. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. This time of year is a performance review time, end of the year. Mm-hmm. So let's be very clear here. Bogus is the key word here. A performance review has to be legitimate, honest, uh, and appropriate. Uh, if, if it's you know factual, then it's fine. If it's not factual, if it's making up things, then it's inappropriate. And by the way, getting an unfair and biased and prejudiced performance review in and of itself could potentially give rise to constructive dismissal. So my, what I'm saying is if you're getting this performance review and don't agree with it, you think it's, it's wrong, it's biased, it doesn't take all the facts into consideration, it doesn't properly evaluate your performance as an employee, I want you to say so. In writing, send an email to the company telling them exactly why you don't agree with it. Don't be mean, don't be nasty, be, be very professional, and very factual. By doing that, you're protecting your job. You're going to make it then impossible for the company, a company to rely on that performance review to try to punish you or to let you go for cause. So very important. But if you really do feel that your employer is picking on you, that's completely biased, that it's outrageous, that could be a constructive dismissal. And you could potentially use that as a basis to leave with severance. This one's kind of a, a little easier to navigate because for the most part, you have to sign off on it once you've read it. If you're like, I'm not signing this because it's inaccurate. Well, it depends. In some situations, the only thing your employer wants you to sign off on is that you received the copy. Right. Uh, if your employer wants you to sign off saying that you agree with it, absolutely don't do that. But if they simply want you to sign saying that you've received the copy, that's okay. But I still want you to follow up with that email saying why you disagree with it. And that is it for another show. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. The number to reach Lior's team, one 821 5900 All other matters, including contact and access to the severance calculator, can be had through pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Appreciate you hanging around. We'll catch you next time in the Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.